Welcome back to Foster.Minnesota's Let's Talk, a podcast that brings you valuable resources for prospective and current adoptive and foster families, as well as professionals. My name is Chris, and I'm an education coordinator at Foster.Minnesota. Our guest today is Queen Jacobs, who is the programs director at Emosha, Minnesota. Welcome, Queen. How are you? Awesome. Thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Well, hey, let's just get right to it. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about Emoja Minnesota and the work that you do there? Yeah. Okay. So um, Emoja Minnesota is a program designed for foster adoptive and kinship families um, who have a Black child placed in their home. Um, the purpose of the programming is to bring education to our families, um, also to bring positive self-identity and reincorporating Black culture into the home. Um, we also have worked endlessly to make sure that our program is a bit more inclusive to maybe our kinship families or foster families who do identify as black or brown bodies um, so that their kids can benefit from our education and our parents can all benefit from our education. Um, I would say that though disproportionately, as many people know in the foster care and adoption world, um, it's usually white families who are taking placements. Um, and so to combat the disproportionality and to help ensure that our youth are getting the things that they need um, as far as cultural background and uh, self-identity goes, uh, that's what our programming brings is the opportunity for these families to connect with one another um, and ideally be able to connect more with their children. Uh, and we do that in a variety of ways from our camp, which is our Black Heritage Camp. Uh, we actually just had one this last weekend, and it was really amazing. It was the biggest one that Emojis ever had. Um, we served almost 300 individuals. Wow. And, yeah, and um, 66 families. Uh, so, yeah, we were able to get a really big reach this last time, um, and the parents absolutely loved this last one as well. Um, all's, alls we heard was compliments. There were smiles. The kids engaged. It was a really, really great time. Um, we had a speaker, Galen Elmore. We also had um, Sauce, which is a um, – her name is Sherelle. And she is a hair care provider uh, based out of Iowa. Um, so she was able to give our family some education on black hair care. And um, she was actually really just helping families like kind of look at maybe other things that they are struggling with. Like maybe they do know how to style black hair, but they're struggling with dryness or right. uh, low porosity or things of that nature. And she talked about skin care. She also talked about um, just general body health and well-being. Um, which is really important for us to be able to relate to our white families just because our skin and our hair is different and it does take education to understand those things and just having her there and having her be able to provide that was really great um, and the parents absolutely adored her they want wow. her to come back so bad <laughs> um, yeah. is that a typical size crowd no I would say our typical is probably like for individuals, 150, um, and typically like 49 to 50 families. Wow. Yeah. And it's such an important topic to hair care and skin care. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and people shouldn't be just embarrassed to ask about it. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what you don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Right. And it's, 
more than okay. Um, I think that that's another thing that we try really hard to do is make sure that, well, I guess me specifically, I keep saying we, I'm currently <laughs> even one. So, <laughs> um, but um, try really hard to just make sure that the, the parents know that they're in a safe space and it's okay to ask the questions that maybe you are uncomfortable asking. Um, Cause again, it's a, it's a space for education. That is, that is my job. That is my role. And that is the point of Emoja is to give education to people who just don't have it. Um, and that's okay. Like if you don't have it, you don't have it and we can fix that and work on it and um, improve. Uh, we do that through other programming as well. <laughs> like tonight we have a cultural responsive parenting um, group, which is designed again for parents to come into a space where they can just ask any kind of questions and, um, really just try and gain more understanding of maybe what their children are needing or maybe they may be lacking in um white dominant like spaces right. um so yeah and then we of course have kids programs too so um we try and cover all the all the bases all the boards and make sure that everybody is getting everything that they need and um hopefully we can continue to reach more people and spread a little wider Hopefully we yeah. can talk more in the midwest well and i um i have to give a shout out to galen elmore because he presents with us quite a bit so yeah he's, uh, super awesome and people just love his presentations and his message so i feel like at one point i had walked in there i unfortunately didn't get to sit through anything in its entirety i was kind of doing a lot of running around but um there was one point where i walked in there and everybody was crying <laughs> so i know he's so great <laughs> so i'm like all right we're doing good in here great yeah. yep oh well good um well so yeah in preparing for this recording i learned that this is the only culture camp of this nature in minnesota and one of yep. only for nationwide, which is pretty amazing. So how yeah. did Minnesota become so lucky? <laughs> um, actually, so uh, Wisconsin, it was originally designed in Wisconsin. Um, it was taking place in, I do believe, Milwaukee and on campus there. Um, parents would actually stay in the dorm rooms with their kids um, and spend the weekend there. Um, and then Evolve kind of merged with another like adoptive um foster care like organization um who was based in wisconsin and uh of all was able to pick emoja up and we picked emoja up i want to say like six plus ish years ago so it hasn't been super long lived here in um minnesota but it was um in wisconsin for a little bit longer than that um in minnesota though i do believe it was established in 2016 oh wow yeah. So oh, cool. in, um, yeah, I mean the opportunity and I don't know how familiar you are with like the demographics of Milwaukee, but it's very similar to like inner city Minneapolis, um, okay. which is primarily what we, now we serve all of Minnesota. We like Moja can extend to all of greater Minnesota and everything. Um, but I would just say most of our families reside within the inner cities or like the surrounding suburbs. Um, in Milwaukee is very similar in the way that their like makeup was as far as like foster and adoptive families. Um, so we kind of like evolved, saw the need and picked it up and have been running with it since. And we've definitely changed some things. Yeah. And is it for Minnesota residents? So, yes, um, it is for Minnesota residents. 
And um, that doesn't limit, though, how you built your family. So let's say you built your family through strictly foster care within Minnesota. That's fine. Or let's say you built your family through international adoption. That's also fine. As long as you have a Minnesota address, you are more than welcome to join any of our programming, any of our groups. And the only requirement is that you have a Black child residing in your home through the system. Awesome. For minorities, racial representation is rare. Can you please share how Umoja cultivates relationships among transracial families? Yes. Um, so I would say that when it comes to like representation of having our youth be able to experience um, Black culture and be yeah, just widely represented in all the spaces. Um, the biggest things that we do is when it comes to things like camp, like we just talked about, um, we work diligently to make sure that our teachers, our speakers, our, um, like anybody who comes to perform, our down to the DJ is Black. It is the goal to have everybody there with Black or brown skin. Um, and that is just like one of the biggest things that we can do. Um, the other things that we do try to do is really encourage our families to go and and enter into black spaces. Um, although uncomfortable, um, we strongly encourage our families to, um, if they have the opportunity and space to live in spaces that are predominantly black, we encourage our families to, again, enter into black spaces, whether that's black church, you have a black pediatrician, uh, you have a black um dermatologist dentist um and that's just some of the ways that our families have kind of latched onto to bring that representation within their home um and then of course we have things like books and toys and games and even tv shows um we really really encourage our families to have all of these things very heavily present within their home um and anything that we do give out is the characters are always black the dolls the um our big kid books are always a hundred percent tailored to black youth um i i mean if if it can be black or brown we make it black or brown <laughs> <laughs> which is great um right. and, and a little difficult at times but um i think it really provides a space for our youth to be able to see that um, they can do these things and and they don't have to be held back. Um, we also try really hard to bring in people who have lived experience, um, like myself. Um, you know, I was a foster child. I aged out of the system um, at 18. And now I'm able to be present for these children in a way that I don't think other people may be able to uh because I have a lived experience and like that is great representation like I was right where you are I grew up in rural Wisconsin all as you can imagine a rural Wisconsin right. all <laughs> of my foster parents were white um and my well, my mother is white so mm -hmm. you know it just created a space for me to be able to um be that representation that that you those youth really need and to show them like you can do it too um and yeah, I, I feel like we also do things like the black market and we go to Juneteenth and um, we're going to be going to open streets and we're present at pride, like any place that we can be present um, 
and also bring in more presence of Black creatives, um, educators, anybody. Like, we always do our best to do that. Yeah, and that's so great. You have that lived experience and can share that with others. I think youth really cling on to that and look up to those who have that lived experience. So thanks for thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. It was um I I I have um disclosed at other camps and I self disclose pretty often because I again think it's really important for them to just be aware. Um and I think that it absolutely has helped me build relationships with with a lot of especially our teens, um, which is important as we know teens just in general have a hard time moving through life because life is hard when you're 13, 14, 15, 16, like it's hard. So, um, and then being in a situation that's not comfortable and new, or maybe you're just now coming to a realization that you're different than the rest of your family or people are pointing it out. Um, so I think just being able to let them know, like, Hey, I was right where you are, um, really brings a lot of like that emotional connection. And so when I do get lucky enough to see them out in the world, which it happens pretty often, interestingly enough, um, I get kids running up to me, giving me hugs, so happy to see me. Like, so just being able to like build those bonds and those relationships has been really incredible for me as well. Good. And do you work with parents as well, uh, just as much as the as the youth? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say it's probably even 50-50 split right now. Um, and again, that's more or less lack of staffing, um, which I'm sure everybody in the whole <laughs> world is having staffing issues right now. Right. Um, <laughs> just more of an acknowledgement um, that, you know, puts me in spaces to facilitate more um, of these groups and I, you know, emceed at camp and I facilitated a conversation at camp with all of our family or all of our parents. Um, so I do have a lot of interaction with both uh, the the parents and the youth, which is also great. Good. And how do you encourage parents to continue conversations around race and adoption long after their weekend experience? Yes. Um, the biggest one right now is our cultural responsive parenting um group which um is our first first um night of our second round tonight um and wow did i have so many people sign up the first one um i mean it was maybe six couples um Mm -hmm. total so it was not a ton of people and not everybody was able to show up and that's fine it happens kind of later in the evening it's a monday night um it is virtual so we try to make it as accessible as possible and that's also why we kind of have it a little later because again we try to provide that accessibility um but that is one of the biggest ways that we absolutely continue the conversation um cultural responsive parenting is a is a hard hitter i if you are not ready to dismantle the internal things, don't, don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> um, you know, there are other, there are other programs that we do have as far as like camp. Um, and we have something called coffee connection, which is a little less in your face. Um, but culturally responsive parenting is very in your face. It is very, we are going to talk about the big, big topics like the school to prison pipeline and how your child is affected by that every single day they step foot into a public school. Or um, we've also talked about like the hyper masculinity of black boys and what that looks like, what that means and how we can combat it. Um, So we really touch on some topics that definitely make people uncomfortable. Um, And 
we have like lots of questions and prompts that help encourage longer conversations. Um, we also encourage our parents to bring these things to their older kids who are able to communicate their feelings and their thoughts and um, all of that. We also do provide like outside resources. Um, we'll send out like links to different things that are maybe going on within the community um, that will provide education for them. Um, we also try really hard to build out kind of like a, a manual um, that has like just talking points or things that you can bring up at home to have this continued conversation with your kids um, while also trying to provide a space for gentleness for the parents. Um, Cause I do think as important it is for our parents to be able to like break these barriers down within themselves and, and, you know, understand their privilege and, and how it is harmful to their children within their home. We also do understand that like you are adopting or giving foster care kinship to a child um, who already has traumas, whether you adopted that baby as an infant or you adopted a teenager, like, they all have trauma. They all have things that are hard. You're going to have to work hard to build those relationships and connections. Um, and sometimes bringing race into it can make that even more difficult. And we understand. Right. Yeah. Um, so we try really hard to also be gentle with our parents um, and provide them again, a space where they can just be, I mean, for lack of better words, ignorant, like come into the space and be ignorant and that's okay. And we're going to figure this out together um, because you're, your lack of knowledge does not have to be harmful to anybody around you. And um, it's okay to admit that you don't, don't have all the knowledge and that's, that's okay. And that's just where we are at in life and we are working through that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's such a good message because we don't know everything. And, you know, I always kind of a theme through our podcast is just, just ask questions. It's not, it doesn't mean you're dumb. It's, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable, but just, just ask and learn. Mm -hmm. That's such an important point. Yes. And for, um, for resources, then these are available throughout the year and beyond. I mean, yes. Yep. So yes, Emoja, the, the, the programming never just ends. Like it's not just, um, there's not like a graduation process or like a, yay, you got all the answers and you know everything now, way to go. Um, it's definitely a continuing education space. Um, and we try to meet parents where they're at. Um, so we absolutely have parents who are vastly more educated in certain things than other parents, and they still get a lot out of our programming. And that's the point. Um, we also want to make sure that we are providing spaces for the parents to learn from each other. Um, so it's helpful to have parents who come in who are maybe more knowledgeable. And then when you get into those kinship families who are Black or you have foster parents who are Black, um, being able to place them in these spaces as well also makes um, an impact for our families um, to be able to, again, learn and and just listen. Um, we really encourage that. Just listen. Like you don't, you don't have to have an answer. You don't have to talk. You don't have to respond. Just listen. Um, and honestly, that would probably be my one piece of advice to anybody and everybody who wants to learn more about just Blackness and Black culture and understanding privilege and all of those things. Just 
listen and you're going to gain so much. Oh, such great words of advice for sure. Um, so I know we talked about your programs. Do you, is there anything we missed with any of other programs or you just want to list them off again? Yeah. So we have Black Heritage Camp, which we've talked about, um, cultural responsive parenting. We also have Black Teens in Action, which unfortunately has not had a lot of traffic and it's also taking place during the school year and we understand that our teens are they're busy they have right. going on so um we are trying to kind of refigure the best way to do that and we're definitely leaning into it being more of a summer program or a weekend program um but that only lasts about four weeks and black teens in action is for black teens to um step into black spaces and communities and make an impact um and that impact can look in a lot of different ways it could be cleaning a space up it can be growing a community garden it could be um serving and helping um unhoused people it can be literally anything going to um a, a senior citizen's home and just spending time there and learning and listening um you know when we talk about places and spaces like North Minneapolis and South Minneapolis, um, these are heavily black populated spaces. Um, and a lot of our youth don't have access to these spaces or they just don't even know that they exist. Um, again, because a lot of our families do live in the suburbs. So um, Black Teens in Action is really curated to bring, again, our, our teens into black communities to learn and, and be impactful. Um, and we also have a cultural enrichment support group, which is for our younger guys. Um, I, I do believe that's nine to 12 year olds. Um, and that again is a space for the kids to come talk about their feelings, talk about maybe different things that they're experiencing. Um, it just gives them a space to relate and really kind of vent. Um, and say like, yeah, this does suck or yeah, I don't like this or yeah, this is really hard. Um, so that they can, they can grow in a space with each other of other, other, other youth that are experiencing the exact same things. Um, and then we have coffee connection and that takes place, um, Saturday mornings, every couple of weeks shooting to, for it to be once a month. Um, ideally like the first Saturday of every month. And that is about it starts from 10 and it ends around 1130. Um, and it'll just be a prompted conversation with whoever decides to join. Um, so there will be, yeah, like a main prompt and we'll just continuously have conversation around that. Um, and the prompts could look like something like, um, is your child, your black child, the first black person to ever step in your home? Wow. If, if they are, you know, that's that's something to really that was a, a prompt that we had at camp this last weekend um, that elicited a lot of different responses, um, none particularly negative. However, right. I think it was very eye opening for a lot of people um, who really had to think about it. Um, and then they extended that out into their extended family, like not the first black person in my home, but definitely my parents or definitely my sisters. Um, and that you know, again, just provide space for continued conversation. And how do we combat that? How do we dismantle these systems that exist to 
hold your children down essentially. And, and what does, what does that look like and feel like? Um, so I think that's all of them though. I, and you are the programs director. You're, how do you have time for anything else? (laughs) Pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. And, um, I, you know, it has been, it has been a journey. It has been a journey and um, I've really enjoyed a lot of it. I've really enjoyed being able to step into a space where um, I have been able to kind of take the reins and take control of different things and um, maybe step away from some old ways that maybe weren't necessarily beneficial to our youth um, to, again, just bring back um, that space for really, really thinking about what and who and why and where and how. Um, I want the parents to be able to answer all those questions about everything that's going on within their spaces and how we can make sure that their youth are benefiting from being within these spaces in every single way, spiritually, emotionally, um, physically, like intellectually, like how are we making sure that your child is getting everything that they possibly can from you in the spaces you bring them in um, without, I mean, hopefully hurting anybody's feelings or making anybody feel any kind of way because that's also not the goal. Um, This is all, and I know intent doesn't always equal impact, but, (laughs) you know, our, our intent is good. It is, it's very good. And I think it comes across to all of our families that way. And I think all of our families are extremely receptive um, and are huge participants. And we really appreciate that. So, yeah, I am just totally amazed just (laughs) with everything you do. It's, it's just amazing. (laughs) So, um, and you know, we just have to talk about how listeners can sign up because I'm sure there are people out there that think this is pretty amazing as well. So yeah. um, can they go to sign up? Yeah. So you can literally go like Google Emoji Minnesota and it'll pop up. And um, in there you'll come across like we have an email. Um, you'll find my email. Um, so you can reach out to any of those. We also post like our groups on there and the sign up forms for those groups. So if a group is about to start soon, um, the sign up forms usually up for like a week pre the group starting, um, maybe two weeks, depending on what the group is. Uh, so you're able to kind of jump in and get in there. We also are going to have a camp end of May, beginning of June. We haven't nailed down the dates just yet, um, but that's kind of what we're leaning into right now. Um, So that will be an opportunity too. So definitely look out for that. And then we have a Facebook, um, Emoja Minnesota, follow it, friend it, like it, all that good stuff um, so that you can also get updates that way. So there's a couple of different ways. You can also um, message our Facebook. Um, So we have, you know, a couple of different ways for people to contact, um, but my email is qjacobs at evolveservices.org. Um, and that brings you straight to me and any questions or um, groups that you want to sign up for, I can help you get it started. Great. Well, I just want to thank you so much for your time today, Queen, and sharing everything about Emotia, Minnesota, and everything it has to offer. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I want to let our audience know that Foster.Minnesota has a program called HELP that offers a warm line to resources for adoptive, foster, and kinship families, including a network of adoption-competent, trauma-informed therapists statewide. 
go to our website, fosteradoptmn.org and click on help. Thank you so much for joining us today for Let's Talk. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to our podcast and tune in again soon.